Hey guys, welcome back to Late Night Research Society. I'm your host, Ashley, and tonight we have Travis with us, and we're going to be talking about shadow figures. The definition from Wikipedia is a shadow person, also known as a shadow figure, shadow being, or black mass, is the perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure and interpreted as the presence of a spirit or other entity by believers in the paranormal or the supernatural. So my problem with that definition is that I think it limits the idea of someone who's a non-believer having like a first time experience with a shadow person or a shadow figure or anything paranormal. It's kind of like they're saying you can't have it unless you believe in it. But sometimes the first time you have the experience is what makes you believe in it. It sounds like you would think you just saw a shadow because your, your own shadow would be humanoid and well, I mean, uh, unless it's like three dimensional. Yeah. I think around. I think it's more like that. I think you could tell if it was your own shadow. Hopefully. <laughs> Maybe, but then is that where really believing comes in? Like maybe it, you, it, you think it's, it is your actual shadow, but you want to believe it so you, you think it's a person following you around maybe? I don't know. Is that we'll, why you only see him if you believe? Maybe. I guess we'll have to keep reading and find out. So shadow figures are most commonly seen out of the corner of your eye. Um, People do often question whether they just saw a humanoid figure or a shadow, but sometimes people have really direct interactions with them and they've been able to see them very clearly. Um, However, even in close contact, shadow figures don't really have human faces or features. Rather, while taking the shape of a human, they remain defined by the absence of light. So it seems like they're kind of entirely made of shadows or vapor and they're not a solid physical body. Um, Their only feature that they're sometimes described as having is glowing red eyes. Um, They're usually always... So they are like dimensional. They're they're up walking around. They're not cast onto something. Correct. Yeah, it's not like the... What is the little duck that you do with your hands on the the shadow? Where like the shadow's (laughs) doing something different. Oh yeah, like a... What was that? I can't remember. It's not like that. It's actually like a creepy... Correct. Like it would be like a presence, like a person is there. It just is a shadowy... Right. It's a humanoid figure. Shadow figures are most often seen alone, and they're rarely present in groups. Most people describe them as being male, though I feel like this is maybe more of a sense of feeling that they get rather than like an actual defining characteristic. They don't have physical characteristics, so I guess it has to be a feeling that they get. size, maybe. (laughs) Correct, yeah. Um, Because they are really tall. They're up to seven feet tall. So that's That's huge. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But they can sometimes appear as the size of a child, so... They're able to move freely through walls and barriers, although they still have been known to use doors. And movement is sometimes described as kind of disjointed or like a jerky dancing style. Um, One particular characteristic of the sighting is that typically the shadow people cause a sense of impending doom or dread in the viewer. Some people have reported being attacked by shadow figures. But not just, like, isn't that just fear? Like you're scared of the shadow or no, a I th- feeling of that comes over you and then you notice that thing. Yeah, I think sometimes that the feeling precedes the actual vision. But I also think that it's different than just being afraid of the thing because it's not saying that like I'm afraid of this object in front of me. It's afraid of what the object is going to cause or like what the object is a um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like harbinger, <laughs> harbinger of death. Well, yeah, like yeah. what it's warning you of. Correct. Yeah, it's just kind of like a, a foreboding feeling, I suppose. 
Some people have reported being attacked by shadow figures, usually describing it as the figure hovering above them and trying to strangle them or weighing down their chest as so to impede breathing. While experiences of shadow figures attacking people are more rare, it is thought that either way, the shadow the shadow people are aware of the presence of humans and they like to cause fear. So most of the reports are just people seeing them. Right, it's but sometimes people have do a, have attacks. have a physical contact. Correct, yeah. And I think that's with anything paranormal. I think it's, it's w- much more widely accepted or known to have a visual experience versus like a physical touch encounter. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I watched Ghost, it was actually really hard for them to learn to touch things and move things. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. I'm what? sure. <laughs> Is that the one where they have the clay? It, yes, it's the clay. Okay, yes. I have heard of that. Swayze. Is that Halle Berry? No. Okay. I don't know. Swayze and Demi Moore. <laughs> Demi Moore, okay. Um, so shadow figures are not an exclusively modern phenomenon either. There's record of them existing all the way back through history. The Quran mentions pitch black sapient beings that straddle the line between the physical and spiritual realm. Uh, we see them in medieval times as well, with the acknowledgement that they believe shadow figures to be entities that desired blood and without it could not be reborn. That description hints at them being believed to have been more sinister in nature. Today, the talk of shadow figures has penetrated mainstream society, and to many people, they've probably seen something that fits close to that description. Are they mainly seen like at night or during the day? Does yeah. It, does it mention anything about when? I think it is typically in darker areas. Okay. Because a lo- there's so much misconception, like, what did I just see? Like, was it just a real shadow? So I think if it was in broad daylight and you saw a shadow, you'd know immediately, like, okay, that's weird. There's no way that that, that would be cast. But when you're sitting in a darker space... You do, your eyes kind of do maybe play tricks on so you. So are they or, thought to like follow a person around or are they just like out and about doing shadow people things? Just doing what the shadow just people shadow do. shadow people doing shadow people <laughs> things. Are um, they just, are they like out and about or are they like stalking or following you? You know, is, does it mention anything? I don't, of, I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. I The thought of them stalking is really scary actually. Um, there's a lot of chatter on social media and online about shadow figure sightings, which helps people to feel like more validated when they feel like there's yeah, a sense of common is. knowledge. Everybody chops in on it. Um, one of the more natural explanations for the human mind when considering shadow figures is that they're possibly ghosts, but it seems like shadow figures are very different entities. Um, since in most descriptions of visible ghost sightings, ghosts are described as more white, gray, transparent, visible features, like you can define their faces and clothing. Um, some people can even like define what time period they came from. Um, shadow figures have been seen in areas known to be haunted, but they don't seem to really interact with ghosts, at least not in a way that we can observe. Um, people who have seen shadow figures will also argue that they are completely different because the feeling of dread and doom that they give off. So when you see a ghost, you might be scared, you know, the hair on your neck might rise, but you're not going to get this sense of impending doom. Like something terrible is about to happen that you do with the shadow figures. Um, shadow figures are known to be malicious while ghosts kind of just exist. In what way? Well, we're going to get into it. Well, first of all, they attack people, but that's rare. Okay. But they do. Shark attacks are rare, well, that's true. but everyone's still afraid of it. <laughs> Some people have found that there's a seeming, uh, a seemingly a connection between poltergeist type activity and shadow figures. So that's really interesting. Uh, since there isn't a lot of scientific research surrounding shadow figures as a whole, I felt like the best evidence we could provide was just through anecdotes. I found. Some <laughs> I believe in you. 
I found some interesting stories on the occultmuseum.com that highlight the experiences people have had with shadow figures. I was about 10 or 11 when I went to this house. Okay, we're doing a story. We're doing a story. Okay. Story time. <laughs> I was about 10 or 11 when I went to this house. It was daytime and the building was well lit. I looked into a few rooms and nothing out of the ordinary until I turned into a hallway and there it was, suddenly at the other end of the hall, just looking at me, even though it had no eyes. The shadow person and I looked at each other for some time and I didn't think that it was real until it started walking toward me slowly. I turned around and he had traveled about seven meters in a split second. I finally made it out of the house and looked again. It had stopped at the door, almost like he was unable to leave the house. And then he just simply turned away and walked back to where it was. So it's like bound to the house, maybe? In that case, I feel like it, it is. It seems like it is bound seems to the house. Um, but that's really interesting. I think I would have noped the F out <laughs> immediately. Like, he doesn't say why he was at the house, but whatever it was, it wasn't that important. No, <laughs> Time to gone. head out. Time to item my head out. <laughs> okay. Um, the night before my experience, I had been the target of poltergeist activity. Yeah, this is a different one. Okay. New story. Okay. Yeah. I didn't mean the mischievous kind of poltergeist. The presence in my room was downright evil. That's another story, but I do believe that the events were related. The night I had my experience, I went to the bathroom. This was in the middle of the night around 1 or 2 a.m. As I walked into the kitchen... The bathroom is connected to the kitchen in my house. Go figure. I was still jumpy because of the previous night. Therefore, I turned on every light in my house on the way to the bathroom. When I walked into the kitchen and reached for the light, a shadow oozed out of the sink. I told myself it was just my imagination until I turned around and it came toward me. There were glowing red eyes glaring at me from the, where the, face, from the area where the face should have been. The feeling that I got was a definite presence of evil, again, like the night before. I screamed and ran out of the room and then spent the rest of the night in my parents' room on the floor. I'm not ashamed to admit it, even though I was 20 at the time. I would have run when I saw the ooze, because ooze implies it's not happening super fast. Peace. The minute I see anything... <laughs> crawling out of the sink? Oozing, nope. <laughs> creeping, crawling, walking, standing, staring, Absolutely gone. not. I think it's... This person is obviously pretty brave because if I had had or something... Or maybe it takes you a minute. Maybe like... You're, you're just kind of waking up. You're probably you're like, what the fuck was that? And then you kind of... You you're like, hold on, minute, wait. You gotta, well, it's not going to... That's not something oozing out of the sink. And Couldn't then it's, be. It's just like, zoom, and just zooms over <laughs> at you. But like, think about it. If you had had a terrifying experience the night before, would you get up to go to the bathroom? Like, I'm going to pee before I lay down and well, that's it. I'm not getting you up. You don't always have that choice. I do. I would... I will hold it. Until the, until daybreak. <laughs> I mean, but I'd go. I'd have like a flashlight or something. I don't. I don't know. I, I would have. But that could also be if you had some sort of an experience the night before. You're probably like working yourself up a little bit too. I don't know. I mean, I do think I, that that's possible. But I think when you say that something's oozing yeah, out of the I sink, mean, that's not like that's I, such I, a I Ghostbusters experience. Me. Like that's pretty. Uh, yeah, it's very defined. Uh, next story. A few months before my mother died, she and my sister were discussing strange happenings at our old home. My mother stated that she had seen a dark shape originate from the closet in her bedroom several times, and she proceeded to describe this being as appearing to be wearing a dark cowl covering the upper torso. My sister was amazed by my mother's description of the shape that she had remembered standing over her crib and poking her with a bony finger. 
They called me and asked if I had had any sightings in the house, and I told them of the shadowy being that constantly stood at the foot of my bed, leaving me with a fear of the night so strong that I would not go to sleep with my, without my covers wrapped around my head, forming a blindfold for my eyes. But I can still remember sensing this thing and knowing if I looked out from underneath my makeshift blindfold that I would see it standing there. No. I'm not how, done. No. How do so many people... <laughs> Nobody said anything to each other? No, and they've just been living in fear with this <laughs> crazy thing? My brother also told us of the little man that would come out of the closet just about every night and stay in his room. His shadow figure was more viewable, even allowing my brother to describe the strange tan-like hat that the bean wore. All of us will admit to the fact that going up to our rooms, a sense of anxiety would start at the base of your feet as you started up the steps, easing somewhat after you got to your room and checked out for the dark ones. And how do you never say anything to anyone about that? Like, you just take that every night? You're just going, all right. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Into hell. Um, but none of us would come down those steps alone or turn our backs to the landing. We would back down those steps, believe it or not. It still makes my skin crawl when I think about it. You don't it. even have a pact with a brother or something? Like, all right, look, man, if I got to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I'm going to take you with me. <laughs> You're coming Nothing, with me. Nobody said anything? Well, I think sometimes, from my personal experience, sometimes fear is so great around it that verbalizing it makes it worse. Well, yeah, or you might just think, and you're like, everyone's going to think I'm crazy if I say anything about this. But if you're genuinely this. scared, just be like, listen, I don't really care if you believe me or not. But I have to talk I'm about this. I'm scared to death. If I have to get up tonight, you're coming with me to the bathroom. But have you ever had something happen to you that was so scary and so, like, just, I guess, like, down to the pit of your soul that you just, you kind of can't talk about it? Day I signed to a buy my truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt it down deep. Deep down, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, impending doom. <laughs> Some people who report that they've been abducted by aliens say that the shadow figures are present right before or around when they are taken, which leads people to believe that they are maybe extraterrestrial in nature. One, so they're picking up side money. They've got like a side <laughs> hustle going. Because they can go through walls and doors. True. So they're just scooting in, helping out the greys. Um, one theory states that perhaps the shadowy appearance is due to another figure attempting to go invisible, but they're not completely invisible to the human eye. Or alternatively, the shadowy appearance could be a more intentional way to disguise or conceal their true form. Many people who describe seeing shadow figures along with alien encounters associate them with the greys. Gotcha. So, so this is really interesting to me. I, I like this point of view because... Yeah, I kind of like that. It's I like a glitchy predator device. Kind of, yeah. I think, and I do think if aliens were coming around us, which I do believe in aliens, but I think if we're going to talk about aliens interacting with humans, I do think that they would probably disguise themselves because otherwise it would be some massive scandal that like aliens were in. If they had the capability, I feel like they would. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always back and forth, and that's a whole other topic, but I'm always back and forth on it because, quite honestly, like if they're that advanced and they can zoom around and they can do all the things that we propose that they can do, um, they really have no reason to fear us or be genuinely I don't think concerned that... about what we think unless they understand from a civilization standpoint, Correct. okay, I, well, I shouldn't do this. That's exactly what I think it is. Observe, I think it's that they don't want to cause mass disruption yeah, because if they possible. wanted to, they totally could. So why haven't they? You know, they've they've decided to, to just, you know, kind of keep everything really chill except for like when they probe people, which right. that's they not chill. They their shadow people on. Yeah, not, not chill. On we have chill and not chill. 
Um, so I'm going to read a story from a lady who is from Australia. This is a kind of a well-known story. It's pretty crazy, but it attaches the shadow figures to the greys, which is an interesting point of view. Kelly Cahill, an Australian woman who was 27 at the time of the incident, has given her account of seeing aliens as shadow people. This incident occurred on August the 8th, 1993. Seeing aliens as shadow people? Yeah, like the way she describes it is she thinks that possibly they, they're connected somehow. Okay. So maybe that they're not separate entities, but perhaps some kind of concealing method or, right, okay. or something so like that. Right, okay, along the lines of some sort of a cloaking... Correct. Yeah, we're going to follow with that theory. Um, Kelly and her husband were driving at night a little after midnight when a disc-like object appeared floating in front of them. The bottom of the craft was covered in bright, multicolored lights that covered the entire area in rainbow light. She could see the windows on the craft and the beans inside of it. It then disappeared as suddenly as it had appeared. Suddenly, she was blinded by an extremely bright light. Her husband continued to attempt to drive and seconds later the light was gone. As they were driving away, she asked if she had blacked out. They drove home in silence, feeling like something wasn't, something wasn't right. As they got home, they had worked out that they had lost about an hour of time from their memories. I, I've heard about time, time That's a huge commonality. Um, when she got ready for bed, she noticed that she had a strange triangular mark on her chest. For the next couple of days, she felt very sick and ended up going to the hospital twice. She was diagnosed with having two separate infections that both gave her severe stomach pain. But over the course of the following weeks, she began to put back together some of her memories. It turned out that the way that she had initially remembered things was incorrect. After thinking about it, she realized that the ship had not initially been in front of them while they were driving, but instead was in a gully by the side of the road. They had gotten out of the car to go get a closer look. First mistake. Never. Never. <laughs> never, never, never. Um, they had gotten out of the car to go get a closer look. Another car that was passing through at the same time also came to a halt, and they got out to look at the ship. Kelly says that the ship almost had a magnetic quality to it, and she felt like if people were around, they had to look at it, almost like the ship was drawing them to it. Then, almost like there was a spaceship parked in a gully. <laughs> right. You and you just had to look, look at it because it was so crazy. You gotta look. <laughs> I mean, people can't stop looking at car accidents. Anything. So can you anything. imagine? They rubberneck anything yeah. going down the road. Yeah, spaceship, I'm going to give it a peek. <laughs> um, I'm not getting out the car, though. Hell no. No, you just crack the window. Hey. <laughs> no, we're not doing that either. <laughs> lock the doors and speed away. Um, then there had been a dark being in front of them. It was about seven feet tall and so dark that she described it as soulless and void of color and distinctly remembered that it had enormous glowing red eyes. As she looked around, she realized that there were, there were several of these things around them. The last thing that she remembers was screaming. And the next thing she remembered was driving home. The drivers in the other car ended up coming forward and offered the same exact story as the one Kelly had later pieced together from her memories. She frequently had the same nightmare where a black alien would be staring down her chest where the odd triangular mark had been. Or maybe he's just a perp. One of the two. <laughs> so I think that story is really interesting because... That one's interesting because the other lady... Well... <clears throat> the other couple so came out. So what was the order for that? Did, did the... The main person in the story revised theirs, 
and then the other car came out and said, yeah, we were there and that happened? Or did the other car make a report and the lady said, oh, shit, yeah, that's kind of what happened to me? No, so she put it together in her head completely before she heard the other people's story. They came out later and they were like, hey, this is what happened. And she was like, holy shit, that's exactly the same thing as I remember. But I think anytime you have... I wonder if they lost time or anything They had to have. The time loss thing I've heard of before, there's a... um, well, I, I, I suppose it could be the same story, possibly. I just, there was no mention of, like, shadow figures at the time. But I remember there was one on, like, Monster Quest or one of those shows. And it was uh, old, like, 40s, 50s, 60s, somewhere in that regard. I'm guessing 50s, 60s. And it was a couple coming home one night that had that happen. No, that, I can't remember their name. Like that's a, a different story. That's a very fascinating story. Yeah, Maybe we should crazy. cover that later. That's a long <laughs> story and it's very in-depth, but that is along the same lines as this. They don't talk about shadow figures. Yeah, okay, and I, I the name is that. escaping me for the second, but whatever. Heidi Hollis is a well-known author on the subject of shadow figures, and she has personal experience with the gray aliens leading up to sightings of shadow figures. She was home alone one night in her bedroom, and she heard some strange noises coming from the rest of her apartment. Her first thought was that someone had broken in, so she peeked out to investigate. First mistake. Don't do it. She claims that instead of a burglar, she saw several gray aliens all messing around with her stuff. While some people might have been alarmed and frightened, she went immediately and started grabbing all of her stuff back from each of them. That seems a little cartoony. They were surprised and left. She said not long after the aliens made an appearance, the shadow figures came too. She said she had never seen them until the aliens came, so she so she associates the shadow figures with the aliens. So I Same will say night the shadow people no, came. No, I guess just like later mm-hmm. down the timeline. But I will say that I will give people carte blanche to say whatever their experiences were and I try to not be judgmental. I try to listen and you know, not invalidate people. But I do think that some of the experiences that Hollis lists in her book are pretty sensational. She has two books, um, Shadow... I can't remember the exact title. Well, a lot of times the people that write the books and tell the stories and blow the whistles, they're doing it for the the publicity. Whereas like a lot of the folks that have had some of these experiences. Don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk Correct. about it. Yeah. They want to blur their face out. They want to talk to the little thing that does your voice. <laughs> and Or, you know, or they just don't share their experience, you know, maybe until something gains steam or five or six people start coming out and then they feel like it's all right to do so. But most of the time, the people that, like, own a shop or write 10 books on the subject or do whatever are there's a little motivation yeah outside they're after of the, something yeah. they want to sensationalize it a little bit however with that being said you know i always encourage people to go read for themselves so if you want to check out heidi's books um on the hat man and the shadow figures please go do so for sure yeah you can I find mean, them I'm on totally, amazon i have and not read these I don't know. I did read them and <laughs> I, I say saying. that you should read them and form your own opinions yeah <laughs> um So one of the things she does talk about is the hat man, and he's one of the more distinguishable shadow figure personas, I guess. Um, He has a more defined outfit and is usually seen in a suit or a cape with a top hat and a fedora, or I guess top hat or fedora. I guess you don't wear those at the same time. (laughs) Um, He's usually described as being about six feet tall and is said to appear during times of turmoil, appearing to watch people as they sleep. 
Some people report that he also has glowing red eyes. Others say that he wears a gold pocket watch that he will sometimes take out and check the time with. It is thought that he feeds off the fear that he creates in the people he visits. Heidi Hollis believes that shadow figures do not like to be seen, and that's why they are often appearing in our peripheral vision, which it causes them to disappear when we look straight at them. But the hat man, on the other hand, wants to be seen, and he doesn't try to hide. Um, it's a thought that maybe he wears the outfit that he wears so that people recognize him. Um, and he's seen like all times of the day, not just nighttime. Which also kind of backs up the theory so that he wants like to be seen. maybe he's like the Lord of the Shadow People. Maybe, yeah, it's possible. And he, uh, he gets off on the chaos. And yeah, the, and the Lord fear. Chaos. That's like a cool comic. Somebody should write that. Um, but the main thought is that the Hat Man is like the devil himself or death. Um, I he, like I liked it as a concept. I think yeah, it's, it's cool. really cool. Yeah, it's super like cool. A creepy shadow guy in a top hat checking his watch like your time is up. Yep, your something. time is up. Exactly. It's cool for like a movie. Yeah. Like not, I would watch not it. If he's like not if he's like room. in your bedroom. Yeah, two, <laughs> two totally separate experiences. He's seen around hospitals a lot when patients are dying, and he's observed in households prior to an inhabitant's death. Um, death. Grim Reaper, maybe. Yeah. It could be a version of the Grim Reaper. Others have noticed that people near them get sick when he's around or something else bad happens. Um, it's Hollis's idea that the hat man is actually the devil. She believes that he shows up when people are abusing drugs and alcohol or some other kind of addiction or practicing Wicca, but she notes that there are no real rules to when he actually will appear. He just comes sometimes, and sometimes he even appears to babies and children. Um, and she thinks that he might follow people. I don't people. know. Yeah, how are you going to get an account from a baby? It's hard to right, yeah. Hard the, to verify that one. <laughs> Stupid babies can't Stupid even talk. <laughs> can't form words. Um, she says like maybe he, he follows people through their family lineage as well, which is interesting. Um, but in her book, The Hat Man, she includes some reader submitted stories of people's personal experiences um, that I am going to read so you can enjoy as well maybe he's like a soul collector soul collector i'm, I'm like writing this yeah we're coming up with this, this plot indie movie for i'm kind of into man. it dear heidi this story starts when i was five years old my mom had just sent me to bed though i protested that with all i had as i lay in bed refusing to close my eyes i looked at my bedroom door and saw something odd manifest a bright red tunnel with horizontal lines began to form and literally come out of the door my room was completely black except for the light coming from this red tunnel. That's when I saw this man in black appear. He came right out of the tunnel wearing a black trench coat and a top hat. He was walking toward me, but he wasn't actually getting any closer or gaining ground. I was completely filled with terror as I started to scream for my mom. My mom came running into my room and I told her what I saw as fast as I could. I wasn't believed, of course. It wasn't until much later that I learned from my sister that she had seen this hat man too. She claimed to have even had conversations with him, but she couldn't remember anything that they said. But my mom would always ask her who she was talking to, and she would reply, the man in the hat and coat. My sister eventually moved away to college, and she had a good friend who lived next door to her. One time, in the middle of the night, her friend came banging on her door to say that a man in a top hat was sitting on her bed. My sister laughed and said he was probably just looking for me. My other sister said that her new boyfriend claimed that he saw the hat man standing right over him in bed as soon as she left the house. Tons of strange and bad luck has always been in my life. 
I've even had dreams of being in a dark place with shadow watchers and shadow people in rooms with cages. I believe that this hat man that's been visiting us is pure evil. She has a whole lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of. Yeah. And I think it's life so that kind of talks to what Heidi was saying about shadow figures or the hat man following people through family lines. I think it's interesting how the hat man is appearing to people that are around them as well. I'd be really curious about what that actually means, but well, is it a warning? Yeah, like if it's someone that's directly linked to him, like a boyfriend or something like that that it's showing him to. Is it possessive, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I wonder if it's just, it just genuinely fucks with that person. Like anybody that's around them, friends or anyone close, like maybe it just, you know... <laughs> If yeah. It's tied to a family lineage or or something it's like, like that. It's like duty is just a it torment. Feels it's owed something, you know. Well, and what if it was? That's such an interesting thing. Like maybe there's a pact made th- hundreds of years ago. Well, that's what I mean. Like, what if somebody in your family cheated? He went down to Georgia. Right. <laughs> yeah, he was he was looking for a soul to steal. <laughs> Dear Heidi, I have never been afraid of the dark. Not even as a kid. The dark never bothered me. I actually felt at ease in the dark, but now I am terrified. I have had one encounter with a shadow person, and it has changed my life ever since. I was driving out to my friend Mark's house in the middle of the country at 3 a.m. I was on the phone with my fiancé when I pulled up to his driveway. I used my shoulder to hold the phone to my ear so that my hands were free. That's when I glanced in my rearview mirror and saw a pitch-black figure dart to the back of my car. Like I said... Mark lives out in the country, so there are no other light sources besides the lamp that they have near their walkway leading up to their house. But across the street, their neighbors have a small light above their garage. So when this figure passed behind my car, it blocked the light of the garage across the street. Since it was so distinctive, I knew for a fact that something had passed by tall enough to fill the entirety of my rearview mirror. Mark knew that I was coming over, so I thought that it was him trying to sneak up on me and scare me. I turned around and looked out of all my windows, but I didn't see anything. That's weird, I thought. In the meantime, I am still on the phone talking to my fiancé and telling her that Mark is trying to scare me. I then opened the door to my car, and I felt a sudden rush of energy heading straight for me. I quickly lost my breath, so I slammed the door shut. I told my fiancé I had to go, and I dropped the phone. It was pitch black outside, and I couldn't see any figure running toward me, but I felt it. The energy, I might even say, the wind that it created was real. I was totally freaked out. I waited a minute or two, but I felt completely vulnerable and unsafe. It felt like something was behind me. Either way, it was behind the car or it was already in the car with me. I then jumped over the gear shift into the passenger seat and bolted out of the door heading straight for the house. When I got inside, I told Mark what had happened. That's when he reminded me of what he told me before about his house being haunted because of the cemetery that was on his land. He asked where I parked and what I experienced, and I just told him about the odd energy. That's when he said it was the creepiest spot on his property. Mark said that every time he was near that area, he could feel something watching him. The driver's side door of my car was literally feet from the pole that he said was the worst spot. I don't know if you've had any instances of shadow people being tied to a location, Heidi, but that might be the case here. Needless to say, he told me about shadow people, and that's what I thought I had encountered. We got to talking, and he told me about him and his family's other experiences. I stayed up all night because I was way too scared to sleep. Mark told me that he would wake up in the middle of the night, and his bedroom door he always had shut would be wide open. 
In the doorway, there would be a man standing there wearing a hat, which he said looked like a cowboy hat, just staring at him. He said that this happened many, many times and that this hat man never seemed to cross the threshold into his bedroom. After he told me these stories, I looked up shadow people on the internet and I found pictures of the hat man and got goosebumps. When I found it, I told him about the other people seeing this hat man and that he was called the hat man. Mark's exact words were, you have to be fucking kidding me. He then said that this entity had followed a couple of his girlfriends home after they had encountered him at their residences. Heidi, have you ever heard of the hat man or shadow people being able to follow people home once they've entered a home where they have been sighted? The thing that really creeps me the hell out is what happened to our friend Tim, who left Mark's house one, one night late. While driving, Tim peeked into his rearview mirror and literally saw the hat man sitting behind him. Tim slammed on the brakes and turned to look fully behind him, but he was gone. The strangest thing with this, though, was that Tim slammed on his brakes and stopped only 10 feet away from a fallen tree in the road. Had he not slammed his brakes, he would have smashed right into it, no doubt. Tim feels like the hat man warned him about the tree, but he also said he felt ill will from him. Personally, I think the hat man was in the back seat waiting to watch the wreck, and Tim just happened to look back. Crazy, huh? Another instance involved Mark's dad, Jim. Mark's family has had experiences with ghosts and other odd things their entire lives. Jim was never scared by any of it until now. He was watching television in broad daylight, laying on the couch in the living room. He felt something watching him, so he looked over his shoulder, and there was this hat man only three feet away. Jim said his heart and breath stopped, and he could do nothing but stare. Neither he nor the man moved for about a minute, and then the hat man turned and disappeared down the hallway in the direction of Jim's bedroom. Jim set the remote control down and ran out of his house and didn't come back for three hours because of the sheer horror of the intrusion. One more thing, I'm not even sure this is related to shadow people, but I thought I should mention it. Mark's bedroom window is known to be the most haunted in the house. He says that he was laying in bed one night when all of the lights dimmed out. He said there was moonlight coming through the window and that his bedroom was lit up by the glow of his computer screen. Light was seeping in through his closed door from the lights being on outside of his room. Then all of a sudden, the lights dimmed out into pitch blackness. He says there was absolutely no light. Then there was a really loud and deep exploding bass note that burned through the room. He said he put his hand in front of his face and he couldn't see it. He screamed as loud as he could and couldn't even hear his own voice. He felt that he was somehow trapped in this dark void for what seemed like forever while he screamed for his parents. I guess he knew that he was still in his room because he could feel his furniture. Once he knew the way to go, he ran for the door. When he opened the door and the light poured in, he ran to his parents' bedroom. They were up watching television when he told them what happened. He asked them why they didn't come after him when he was screaming, and they told him that they didn't hear anything, and their bedroom was directly above his. Move. move. Put your house on move. the market and move. Go <laughs> away from that place. I mean, especially if you feel like it's completely tied to the land, you can probably just head out. Yeah, if it's been years of that and everybody gets it and all your friends are getting, just you got to be gone. It also scares me because it's like out in the middle of the country and like it really sets the scene for this like so creepy house. And I'm just like, 
I don't want any part of that. And if your house is haunted like that, please don't invite me over. I don't no. want to come. No. You need to let me know beforehand that this is about to go down because yeah. I'm not coming. You can come to my house. Party's going to be at my house from now on. But I think that story is really interesting in the fact that, you know, we're talking about how it's tied to a certain location. It really does illuminate that as a possibility. Um, and maybe like some other things were going on with his house too, because they did mention the graveyard. Um, it and sounds like, like it, like a haunted window. Yeah. Like, there's a lot going on at that house. I just think that maybe that house is a portal of some kind and that you should definitely not live there. So if shadow figures aren't ghosts, what are some other potential explanations other than aliens? So what if we consider for a second that maybe they're not real entities at all, but rather just a creation of the brain? Sleep paralysis is an incredibly common phenomenon that affects many people worldwide, and as many as 4 out of 10 people report having experienced it. There is a record of sleep paralysis going all the way back through history. Sleep paralysis is the feeling of not being able to move while being totally conscious. It occurs when a person is between being awake and being asleep. It can take up to a few minutes to pass, and during it, people report that they're not able to speak. Often, people report the sensation of being choked or their chest being compressed or having hallucinations. Sleep paralysis is usually accompanied by fear or panic in the individual experiencing it. So, doctors say that sleep paralysis is a result of the body not moving through the stages of sleep correctly. Several factors can contribute to that, including a lack of sleep, disrupted sleep schedule, substance abuse, and sleeping on your back. Other disorders, such as narcolepsy, can also contribute. The thing about it is that people often report seeing very similar imagery while being affected by it. People report seeing, I'm sorry, people report hearing static or buzzing sounds and voices. Some people also report the feeling of being dragged, flying, numbness, and tingling. Sometimes people see shadowy figures in their room looking into it. They also see the hat man. They see another figure known as the old hag. Um, the old hag pretty much appears in the same manner as shadow figures or the hat man, but instead of looking like them, she looks like a wicked gnarled old lady, um, compared sometimes to like a gargoyle. Do they have more features the, than the regular old hag? shadow people? I don't know. I think it, from what I understand, it appears in much of the same way. It sounds like they're more, they're more defined though. Well, yeah. Cause it's like a gnarled old lady. Yeah, so like obviously you have some kind of stand facial out features and everything else is grouped together. That's I'm true. And they may maybe have a little more presence. That's true. Yeah. It's possible. Um, seeing these figures, hearing the auditory hallucinations and feeling the sensation of sleep paralysis can be explained by the state of the brain during the incident. During these hallucinations, the midbrain enters a hypervigilant state that is activated when a person wakes up paralyzed and they feel very vulnerable. This intensifies the threat response more so than normal dreams, which is perhaps what makes sleep paralysis visions so realistic. The brain has a system to help it decide when the fear response needs to be applied, but this can lead to internal triggers being created by the brain that contribute to the severity. So, for instance, when this system is activated and the body isn't able to breathe, how the newly awakened person wants it to breathe due to still being partially immobilized from sleep, this can lead to your brain creating a scenario where a demon is sitting on your chest and suffocating you. Right. Yeah, I mean, your brain can create incredible things. Your brain tries to make sense of everything around it, and by doing so, sometimes comes up with crazy explanations. Yeah, I mean, I've had all kinds of weird, crazy dreams that just felt very real, but I know they weren't. Like, you know they're dreams. So, I mean, if you have something that's 
extremely realistic. It's it's very hard to differentiate. Correct. Yeah. And what's so interesting about this is that it's such a shared common experience through everyone. Yeah, I think that's what gives it any kind of tact at all. It's just that there's it's so widespread, but everybody has a pretty similar type experience. Right. Exactly. The first record we have of the term sleep paralysis being used was in 1928 in a dissertation written by S.A.K. Wilson, a British neurologist, titled The Narcolepsies. Prior to that, it was commonly assumed that sleep paralysis was actually the devil or demons attacking someone. Because I feel like after a certain point in history, like, or before a certain point, everything was just the devil's fault. Yeah. It was the devil. We don't know. It was the devil. (laughs) Um, the specific type of demon thought to sit on chest and suffocate people is called incubi, which is the male equivalent of the succubi. The word nightmare was actually derived from the old English word for the suffocating demons of sleep, mare, derived from the old Norse mara, which is where we get nightmare today. So I think that's, I love word origins. Yeah. Uh, since sleep paralysis is very common, people from all over the world and many different cultures experience it. Different cultures have developed vastly different views about what sleep paralysis is and what it means. Scientists have discovered a link between how much a culture fears sleep paralysis and how frequently it occurs. A fear of sleep paralysis can increase conditioned fear response, which in turn makes the experience much worse, which then in turn increases the likelihood of an episode occurring. For instance, in Egypt, sleep paralysis is very feared and some believe that it is an attack by a jinn. In a study, Egypt had three times the number of sleep paralysis episodes than Denmark, which as a whole does not have negative views of sleep paralysis. Only 17% of people in Denmark believe that they can die from sleep paralysis, whereas 50% of Egyptians did. Interestingly enough, the connection between gin and sleep paralysis is observed across the globe as well. Gin are thought to be one potential explanation for shadow figures. Rosemary Guiley, a well-known paranormal researcher, has spent years researching shadow figures and believes that they are actually jinn. Jinn are not supposed to be able to replicate a human form 100%, so she speculates that they are seen with hats and cloaks or coats to hide the parts of them that would give away their true form. She believes that the shadow figures, or the jinn, are human-like in the sense that they do not all share the same motivation. Some are bad, some are good, and some are in between. Possible motivations for the gen creeping around people's homes as shadow figures include curiosity, malevolence, hostility, and playfulness. Because isn't a gen considered a magical being? I think the gen are considered magical in the Western culture because we associate them with lamps and granting like wishes. Genies and correct, but in the Middle East and other cultures, well, not that the Middle East is a culture, but like that area and the cultures that surround it, um, they have a way more in-depth view of what a gin is and i think just due to the cultural differences that's how we perceive it but that's not actually correct if that makes sense yeah gotcha. um in guiley's book the gin connection she claims that the gin have their own language which is perhaps a dialect of ancient aramaic it is thought to sound like a mix of ancient tongues um, it's important to note though that she says they can actually speak any language and often do so to engage with humans Sometimes their voices are reported sounding like clicks, hisses, humming, or ringing, which is interesting because that's what we heard that shadow figures talk like as well, or even sleep paralysis, people hear that too. So it's interesting that all these things link back together. 
Um, Guiley says that there's a strong connection between Jin and aliens, which also echoes what Hollis said about the connection between shadow people and aliens. Guiley began researching shadow figures in 2004 and began to collect information on them to look for patterns. She, like Hollis, found that while many of them seem to move freely, some are attached to the land. Guiley claims that their attachment to certain areas is because there might be a portal on that location that allows them to travel between worlds or dimensions, which is why they want humans to stay away from that area. She says that the phenomenon of shadow people or jinn is extremely expansive across the entire paranormal field. Guiley believes that the jinn are responsible for what we see as ghosts, um, which haunt homes and land, but also cause poltergeist activity in what we commonly know as a demonic possession. Ultimately, though, what Jen are doing is preying on people for their life force. The Jen Connection book also has some interesting anecdotes that her readers have submitted um, of their personal interactions with shadow figures that I will read and share with you as well. I am 29 and living in Northwest England. The first time this happened, I woke up flat on my back in the middle of the night and there was a black shadow just a few inches above my face, just to the right of my vision. It felt like it was a face, although I couldn't make out any features. At first, I thought I was dreaming, but I stayed there for about 10 seconds. I then panicked and started swinging my fist at it, and about 10 or 15 more seconds, it just disappeared. Then, two or three weeks later, I woke up in the middle of the night again and looked to my left, and there was a 3D black blob floating near the wall in the corner by the door. It was about a meter high and half a meter wide. It seemed to have a tail or tentacles. I can't be sure. It was very hard to make out. I then sat up to get a closer look. Although it was very black, parts of it seemed to shimmer a purplish color. It then moved along the wall and got smaller and smaller until it was gone. The third time I saw it, it was similar to the second time, except it was a bit smaller and it was completely black. And when I spotted it, it reacted by flicking its tail slash tentacle almost as if it was annoyed that I had seen it. I sat up in bed again and it moved and it disappeared in the same way. Although it looked slightly different every time I saw it, I'm positive it was the same thing because of where it was, the way that it moved, and the way that it disappeared. Although I haven't seen anything like this before, I do remember having two very vivid dreams when I was aged about 10, where I had contact with a shadow thing which seemed very similar. In those dreams, I even had a conversation with it. I think this can take any shape that it wants. The best way I can describe it is like a 3D blob of ink. Up until a month ago, I thought I was dreaming. I did a search on the internet and I found countless other stories very similar to mine. I think the, the shimmering purple thing is really interesting because it's, it's kind of like if you go back to that concealing oneself with like some kind of visual shield or something like yeah. that's kind of what it would seem like. I don't know about the um, kind of ink blot tentacle thing. That's that's a new one. That The tentacle is new, but I could see where it would be useful. <laughs> You know? Sure. <laughs> um, I was taking a nap on the sofa and I felt like I was dozing off when it seemed like I woke up. On the wall in front of me was a shadow shaped like a person. Suddenly it dawned on me that the shadow should not be there. I was alone in the room. I then fully awake. I was then fully awake and staring at it, wondering what was going on, thinking that maybe there was an intruder behind me somehow throwing his shadow up on the wall. As I was looking at it, the shadow began to move along the wall. It then suddenly slid off the wall like a blob or something oozing off of the surface, and I could see a shadowy form in the room standing at the foot of the sofa. It looked vaguely like a tall, skinny man wearing a coat and hat. The hat was crooked at, the, at a strange angle. There were no facial features, but somehow I knew it was staring at me. I screamed and jumped, and it vanished. 
I searched the apartment, but nobody was there and the outside door was locked. So I think that story is interesting because we touched on a couple of things that we talked about before. That's so that boy again. You know that it's looking at you, but it doesn't have eyes. Um, it has the hat man characteristics. And also back to the story about the ooze coming out of the sink, the way she it describes it ooze, falling off the wall. Yeah. I picture it just sort of like sliding off the wall onto the floor, but I guess she did say ooze. Um, it was about two or three in the morning on a fall night and I was sitting in my room on the computer in the dark. I had this feeling of something watching me intensely and this feeling of something very sinister and dreadful coming from the upper right hand corner in my room by a loft. I looked at it and I saw this cloaked hooded figure there. It swooped down in an energetic way. I was literally paralyzed. I could not move or yell or shout. The thing seemed to have weight on me. I turned to my side, barely looking at the cross on the wall and yelled, God, Jesus, the thing disappeared and I regained movement on my body. I then went into another room where a roommate was and they heard me. I was so freaked out, I couldn't go back to sleep. It radiated intense energy even before I looked at it. I also noticed in the experience it let out a sound, but not a sound that you hear in your ears. It was like in your head. It's hard to explain. I know it wasn't a ghost because nothing bad has ever happened in that house that anyone has experienced. I also found out from other family members that they have had the same experience. I know I'm not crazy and I saw what I saw. I've seen a strange orb in the sky once before with other people and that didn't scare me, but this did. The whole, the God and Jesus and it running off is a little... A egg, lot of people but. claim that, but I don't know what that is. But regardless, if that helps you get rid of the shadow person, by all means. Right, I mean, I'd probably <laughs> say like, oh Lord Jesus, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm certainly not a believer, so maybe... What does that mean where he's like... Oh, Lord, he a coming. He coming. <laughs> With the chunky cat. So it can be difficult to relate to the idea of gin in Western culture, as we were talking about before, because pretty much they're completely left out of the lore, except for genies and magic lamps, which is really different from how they're perceived in Eastern cultures, which I think we touched on before. Well, the um, lore has been snuffed out by... Correct. It's been super whitewashed and le like it is what people want you to believe, but... However, there definitely seems like there is some connection between the shadow figures and the djinn, like just looking at anecdotes of their stories, which is an interesting theory to consider. So while I was researching this episode, I couldn't help but make the connection to pareidolia, which I hope I'm saying that right, which I don't think I am. Um, pareidolia, perhaps. <laughs> it's the phenomenon where people see patterns in random stimuli. So this can often manifest as human faces or forms or characteristics in the objects and things. This is thought to have developed along the human evolutionary line as a way to make out predators to better protect oneself. Is this the Jesus in my pancake? Yeah, thing? the toast okay. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes more sense to just assume that something had a face and was dangerous rather than not as a method of self-defense. Scientists say that people who are believers in the paranormal or who are very religious are more prone to paranormal pareidolia as well as those who are more neurotic or are in bad moods <laughs> to me but this, i mean that's everything it's like if you want to believe they're yeah. more likely to see, see it, it. That, yeah that's kind of a, for sure and i guess that goes time. back to the wikipedia definition as well but yeah it comes um, back to anything if, if you're a believer then those people tend to see ghosts more see bigfoot yeah. more see whatever more because you want to um for me, this is like where it links up with where they see shadow figures at distinctly negative times. Um, obviously, if you believe in the paranormal, you're more likely to attribute something strange happening to the paranormal. 
Um, many times they see shadow figures, they cite them as being out of the corner of their eye, which our peripheral vision is very good at seeing patterns, but it's not as good as the front vision for giving detail. Um, thus, the brain is probably just making sense of what it's seeing by assigning it as a humanoid shape in your head. And shadow figures are often said to be seen in dark or dimly lit areas. The brain functions in the same way where it can't make out detail. It relies on the patterns that it knows to make sense of what it's seeing. So it's just going to throw out like, okay, this is a human shape. I know right, what this is. Or, or this is something that I should be afraid of because I don't know what this is. So just be on the safe side, you know? Um, but this doesn't really account for instances where people have said that they've been attacked by shadow figures or have had some kind of physical interaction. But I do think it applies in some of the cases. So I have an interesting shadow figure story that I want to share with you guys. Um, maybe it's not interesting, but it was terrifying for me at the time. Um, I was in eighth grade and the house that we were living in was very paranormal, like weird, weird stuff happened there frequently. And maybe that's a story for another day, but I was in bed and I like totally normal night, whatever. And I woke up and there is this thing sitting on my chest and it was like chanting and I didn't know what language it was chanting, but, and I don't even remember how I got it off of me, but I just remember I was so terrified. I couldn't even talk about it for years. Um, I think I maybe finally told my mom when I was in like college or something like that, but it was so scary. Um, so I can, I don't know if that was sleep paralysis or if that was some kind of yeah, scary know. demon thing. Maybe I don't remember it having any kind of shape other than knowing that it was like on me and that it was like like a, a thing, like a presence there, but I don't remember it having any kind of yeah, defined characteristics. But like the no... chanting was the weirdest yeah, part because creepy. it was like a language that I didn't understand. Chanting and like, in general yeah, was it was weird, so weird. Creepy. Like even now thinking about it, I get chills. So I think, you know, the shadow figure experience is, is a common one. And I would really love to hear what you guys have to say about that. And if anybody has any shadow figure experiences, please email them to us. We'd love to read about them. Maybe even read them on the show. Yeah, um, you can email us at late night research society at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at late night research society. Um, we love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and we hope you have a happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> Bye.